1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show. On a Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. You can watch the show being performed if that's what you want to do. Get in there and chat with everybody on Warchant TV. Go to YouTube, Warchant TV. Like and subscribe if that's what you're doing. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, appreciate that. Welcome in. Let's have some fun together for a couple of hours. Let's say you coffee to start here. You know, Tom, I've been drinking coffee all day. I don't know where it is. It's good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're okay. You're hanging in there. Hanging on by a thread, huh?
0: Getting there. Yeah, I'll be using the cough button today a lot, but the good thing is I'm on the board, so the cough button in here works, hopefully.
2: Man, how about this? You want to you smile to start the day. I- I'll tell you what. Right off the bat, Jeff comes in and says, On this Friday, I am particularly glad to have the JCS. Go Knowles. Happy Libations Friday to all. Man, what a lovely sentiment. What a way to start this afternoon's show. That just buoys me in ways that uh, Friday in and of itself couldn't. It, it, you got a little extra extra love. Uh, and, by the way, to answer Life Spectators question Is today the annual college bowl swag segment? You're damn right it is. Woohoo We've got it. I've got in fact Look at that. That's show prep for you right there. You guys are watching it at home. Woo. So that is uh is the here are the gifts college football bowls are giving to players this season article that I printed from the Sports Business Journal. Which I get every year. And uh, and I and I go ahead and read through it and I have fun with it. I have fun with it. We gotta take care of business. Let's start with some things here, okay? Let's start with the fact that uh Tokars has been elevated. That's right. He has been elevated to quarterback's coach, Tony Tokars has. Um and and if you want the resume version, I can I can give you the resume. The resume is Anna Maria College Wide Receivers Coach 2012. 2013, Stone Hill College Wide Receivers Coach 2014, Memphis Defensive Staff Assistant 2015. Memphis Graduate Assistant 2016. Passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and recruiting coordinator 2016 for Stone Hill. Memphis Graduate Assistant 2017 through 18. Tight ends coach in 2019 from Memphis. Comes on over to Florida State as a senior analyst. And now this year, upcoming, will be the Quarterback coach at Florida State. Here's, here's, that's just the, okay, let's lay bare the resume. Who are we getting here as the QB coach? He's, uh, he's young. He's smart. He's energetic. He can recruit. This is a good hire. This is a good hire. This elevation is a good one. This is a well thought of man in the coaching industry, Tom Lang. I'm happy with this decision and I also knew it was coming. So that's good news.
0: Yeah, it's good news. Hopefully he's also ready to be game in the world of recruiting, and when he believes that we're going to close on a prospect, we do. that That's what I hope. Every new hire from here on out, I want you to have the pulse of what's going on heading into National Signing Day. Get it right. If that means you got to increase your corporate connections, if that means you got to increase your connections on the ground, middlemen, so to speak, then do so. That's where we need to go.
2: Yeah, uh, you got to do whatever you got to do, right? That's what we... Um... Um, <laughs> that's what we got to do. You, you, this It's funny. What happened on Wednesday leads directly to a distrust of the recruiting process, the coaches on the staff, and the benefit of the doubt <laughs> moving forward, right? It's, it's all shattered from Wednesday. And that is even with the knowledge that they did a pretty good job. Except for they missed out on a few really big ones. And the class in totality was not the home run that was needed at a time in which the state is reeling. Florida is reeling. Miami going through a transition again. This needed to be the the step-on-the-neck class that catapulted Florida State into a sizable lead on the field moving forward. And it didn't. It didn't. And in that way, the class was a failure. Not in the sense that they didn't supply players for needs in certain areas. They most certainly did, in particular along the offensive line. In other areas, they provided nobody. Zero people. Like wide receiver. Which, if we're counting the minutes, what are we waiting on here with the firing of Ron Dugan's? Uh, um, Can I put the tinfoil hat on for just a moment? Sure. It's a positive one. Okay. It's a positive you're going to, you're going to,
0: okay. I'm uh, going to posit yeah, that maybe Kevin Coleman signed with the good guys, but he wants to, he's going to announce no matter where he signed, he's announcing at the uh, Under Armour All-American, or I don't know if he's Under Armour or uh, Army-Navy, mm. U.S. Mm. Army All-American game. Yeah. Maybe that's why, because outside of that explanation, I don't have a good one. As to why you know perhaps he was available to the media on Wednesday right after signing day. Talk about the class you brought in. All right, that's uh, that wraps up for today. So maybe, hopefully, maybe that's a rising spear program allocated yeah. some dollars away from a certain five star defensive perhaps. back and pointed them the way of Coleman. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, short so, of that though, short of it,
2: it's a really weird, uh, you know, juxtaposition. The class. Because, uh, you know, on Wednesday and Thursday, I talked about how it's a good class. And, you know, on the, on, in, within certain realms, they did a very good job. I mean, if you, if you go five and seven and you finish in the top 20 of recruiting, uh, that's, a, that's a, a pretty damn good accomplishment. Of course, that would also be um, that it, you know, an incomplete storyline. Because if you didn't uh, at least acknowledge that they completely whiffed. On getting a wide receiver, which was a pressing area of need that they fully intended to succeed with in recruiting, hence the people they went after and failed to get. So you can't you can't pretend, unless you you want to stick your head in the ground and just pop off and say stupid ass things. Uh, you can't you can't pretend that they didn't fail miserably in one key area. But also, it'd be wrong to only focus on that and not point out that they did a great job. In still, other areas.
0: Right. Yeah. The thing I'd say that if I'm, and, and, you know, everybody's way too charged up about this whole thing this week, but that's, that's the way it works. That's mm-hmm. the way it works. Um, if I am Michael Langston next year and I've got things, you know, let's say it's the Sunday before early signing period begins and the FSU side is telling me they feel really good about landing this particular player. Yeah. You're that's gonna go- <laughs> no longer enough. That's no longer enough. Period. Yeah. Period. Now, with a five and seven record and no, reputation whatsoever in recent history for these for these kids that are now going to be playing as freshmen at Florida State, we haven't been good their entirety, the entirety of their high school career. We haven't been good. So, to pull in a top 15 consensus class with all of those factors is impressive. But at the same time, if this is the business that you're in, covering, prognosticating, predicting where kids are going to go, man. Well, good luck. Florida State contacts telling
2: you we're going to get this kid is no longer enough not after this week can't be well also i just think in general in your ride people get uh, <laughs> yeah they get overwhelmed and they, and and they say things they probably would regret later i i get all that that recruiting's always been a little weird uh, we we've, we've known that we've had fun with this for a long time um but what i would what i would ask you is that i, I and i think this is true just for people who follow any team i don't think it's unique to florida state uh, if you care passionately about your football program let's just put it that way I think we've all just entered into a world now where I don't know that anything feels for certain, uh, in a way that it ever would, you know, ever will again, right? Like, I I get that in years past, the old way of doing things, certainly during the golden era, uh, and the rise of all of the websites like the one we work for, Warchant, um, There was a pattern in recruiting that you kind of understood. Everybody understood it to be a certain way, and there were guys who closed that were legendary, like Bobby Bowden. And, you know, we knew all of that, right? We we, we understood, okay, here we go. We get to unwrap our gifts. It's National Signing Day, and everybody built towards it. And there was a lot of reveals on that day. And after a while, you could read those patterns and understand who was good at their job and who wasn't and who needed to get better and who closed and who couldn't and all those things. And you could project with a degree of certainty a pretty high percentage of the class. You really could. You could say, okay, yeah, maybe this kid here, he was 50 50 last we saw. But we're we're not going back to that time because I think we now know you can think you have a guy for two years. You can think you have a guy right up until the hour that he's supposed to send on, you know, send the paperwork in. And somebody decides. We want to prioritize that kid. We've decided we are going to go all in on that kid. And by the way, this this part of it I actually kind of like. It hurt us this time around. It's a running kick to the cojones this time around. But moving forward, I kind of like that you could be anybody. You could be anybody. Not Alabama, not Ohio State and Clemson, that's it, or Georgia. You could be Jackson State. You could be anybody and decide, I want that guy because I think it's a perception shifter. I think this changes everything about what we will be to other kids coming down the pike. I get it. It seems absurd to push to the table uh, whatever it is, 500,000, 800,000, two million, whatever it is right? For one recruit, given that football is the ultimate team game and you've got you know 22 starters you got to figure out, I get it. one guy unless he's a quarterback like a Jameis Winston, is probably not going to make that big a difference, right? But there will be teams now do this moving forward, and they will throw their name in the hat, and they'll make a run at it for whatever reason, because they think they can market it, because they think it changes who they can recruit moving forward. And so right up until the last second, everybody's going to be like, well, I, I think we got this guy. He's the number one running back in the country. But because he's the number one running back in the country, everybody else wants his ass, and I don't know, they might outbid us.
0: Yeah, we've already laughed at the term commitment and oh, what, what it doesn't mean. Oh, we've been laughing at that for years. Right. But now it gets even shakier than before, to your point. Because I would imagine, say next year it's December 14th is signing day. On December 12th, I need your best and final offer, Florida State. What? <laughs> He's been committed to us for two years. That's correct. He has. I need your best and final offer. You have 12 hours.
2: Yeah. Click. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And then they've got to work the channels and say, are we bidding against anybody or are we bidding against ourselves? And then the question is, and this is what I want to see coming out of this year's NIL deals. Are those deals contingent upon players being there for one year, two years, the entirety of their term? When do you cash in on that? Hmm. Because one of the ideas floated around by coaches when it comes to stipends and or extra compensation was if you complete your degree, then you get paid. Mm -hmm. So it's put in a trust. This is the amount of money you are going to get if you complete your degree right here where you committed to. With NIL deals outside organizations, they don't have to do that. They could say, no. you, you get cash up front right now. And if that's the case, does a kid take the cash up front and then next year enter the transfer portal and and do it all over again?
2: So you know, what it will be interesting, you're already hearing it now. Um, and, and I'm not even talking specifically about... Let's say Travis Hunter. That was the biggest news of the day. It was a historic moment. It was uh, we were on the wrong end of one of the great flips of all time, the biggest flip of all time. I, I get all that. I'm not even talking about that. And I don't know. We don't know what the what the money is, if any. I mean, we know that there is a conversation centered around an NIL deal.
0: That's all lies, Deion said. And and you know what? I can't. I, there is no more truthful person on this planet than Deion Sanders. I,
2: but but again, again, I'm not even talking about that. We know NIL is a real thing. It does exist, and there are deals set up in place for kids not named Travis hundred kids across the country. I mean, it, this is now a thing to be utilized in the recruitment of players. That is a reality. Whether you want to accept that or not, it doesn't matter. And I don't really care the reason. I'm saying that is now moving forward a reality. So what you're you, what you're going to see is what the state of Florida did yesterday, and and what they'll do in the the, the new year, which is pass legislation that ensures that they are not too strict on if you will, the parameters by which NIL uh, can be given, right? right. can be used.
0: Well, because what I do if I'm Florida State, and let's say I get, uh, oh, I don't know, Mo Southwest Grill, right? And we've got a big IMG contract that's signed through Florida State. If this legislation in the state of Florida is relaxed, you can now, I would think, direct mm-hmm. a certain portion of that buy for the billboards in the stadium, right? Is that, isn't that that the goal here? You can direct that to a fund yeah. where somebody's going to be a front man for your company, but you could do that in one move. You don't have to go to the agency for that company and say, all righty, this deal is for $12 million, but we're going to charge you nine because we want you to hold three and promise us that you're going to spend three on mm-hmm. seven players that we like. I would think that's what this legislation would do. It would streamline the process that the university basically can go stump for the cash itself and then direct it how it needs to. Yeah, sure. That's, sure. But I could be wrong. We'll see how the legislation sh- how it shakes out. But if, if that's what you can do, then you enroll corporate partners – to help you along the way, because we don't have the booster pockets like a lot of the competition. So go get those sales contracts done, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Alford, Well, right? I was going to say, what, there you, you go. what you're
2: talking and describing about is Michael Alford's uh, goal here. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, by the way, I guess people did not hear our, our what we articulated on Wednesday, and, and, and I did again yesterday. If, if, I, if I were a kid coming out of high school, and somebody gave me a sweetheart deal... Or the potentially I had the opportunity through whatever connections to garner a sweetheart deal oh who the hell's not doing that i didn't, i don't i don't blame a kid any kid for that i, I don't uh, I don't have any problem with that that's uh you know it's, no not it, at all it's an ever changing landscape that, that that schools have to figure out don't try to
0: shovel me this crap that you know it, there is this this calling as though you know you're you're going to the priesthood right. <laughs> Like, you feel this calling inside that you're going to go to the seminary, and that seminary in this case is for the betterment of HBCU football. Get the hell out of here with that. That's a bunch of nonsense. Now, that's not to say that HBCU football isn't awesome, and we've got a program in our backyard that's outstanding and on the rise, but don't tell me that it's solely because of that, because if it was always about that, Coach Sanders, Coach Prime, you would have gone there yourself and never come to Florida State. Stop that nonsense. Well,
2: I, I, I'm not going to get into a debate with people about the uh, earnestness and honesty uh, of. There US is no debate. Either. It's of course there's not. There never and was. And I've given countless examples, including ones that uh, uh, would cast aspersions on character. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. But I, but again, as far as it pertains to this particular recruitment, he did his job. So that's not uh, that's not in question. Like he's paid by. You know Jackson State to and go get places. He did, what he's, supposed yeah, to he did do. what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The amount of yeah.
0: marketing that he just gave that program—it's oh, no, insane, unbelievable. Oh no,
2: no. If I—if listen, if I'm a Jackson State fan, alum, supporter of any kind, I'm enamored and through the moon with Dion. Rick Patino uh, yeah. gets the
0: job done. Rick yeah. Patino is a piece of crap. Right. It can be. Find both. me the false statement. There yeah. isn't one.
2: It can be both. NFL point spreads moving dramatically as sports books deal with the uh, COVID fallout. Kind of interesting story there. I will have Lee Sterling on for Paramount Sports today, of course. We'll also get the wagers in with my mom. Uh, great game last night. I, you were probably out cold. Or yeah, at least attempting. The second half. Oh, yeah. man, what a game. I was excited about that because, you know, we don't get many good Thursday night games. And we knew, we thought coming into this one, it would be a really good game. And it damn sure turned out to be a really good game. And, and... Um. No, well, I may have had a certain tight end in, in that game, who, yeah. had,
0: who had himself a day. So did my brother-in-law. He also <laughs> had Pat Mahomes. And as I looked through the uh, the play-by-plays through three quarters, they really hadn't done much. It was fourth quarter overtime that it, the two of them just Kelsey decided
2: went nuts. So, a quick
0: question on the analytics part: I've got people love to scream at the outliers with analytics, like and that and that drives yeah, me yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to read the room. Situations matter, like we talked about with Norvell a few times. We had that debate this year. The one thing I'd say though for Brandon Staley, if you're going to stick with it, when you score that touchdown inside of ten minutes to go and you could push it to nine, what the hell? If you're on the goal line, five yard inside, five yard line twice in the first half and you go for it,
1: what's well, the difference of going for you two stay,
0: there? Stay, stay with it, right? You push it to a two-score stay, game. Stay with it, right there. Worst yeah. case, you're up seven.
2: Yeah. What are we doing? Finish the job. Uh, I agree, and that is interesting, and I'm surprised a guy like that, young, smart, aggressive, all about the numbers, has been on it all along, doesn't have somebody in his ear to remind. There's a lot going on in the football game. We both admit this all the time. Guys make mistakes. That's why you have a guy that says, whoa, 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 hey, hey, I, uh, listen, I got it. You're, you're busy getting personnel in and out. We, we need to be going for two here, man. We need to be going for two here. I, it amazes me because we see these kinds of things, Every week in the NFL, end of halves, end of games, situational, lack thereof, awareness, time, score, all of that. It is so strange. It used to be, remember, the two-point conversion thing was always the sheet, right? You just look at the sheet. It's so much more advanced than that now. And and teams are investing in all those metrics. I just don't know how you don't have a guy who that's his thing, man. That's what he does. He's aware of every situation. First half, first quarter, second quarter, fourth quarter, score, situation, game, playoff scenarios, tiebreakers, everything under the sun he comes armed with to the table. And and you know, it may be very well be in the middle of the second quarter. Coach, I know this is gonna sound strange. We need to push this to eleven. Eleven? Just just trust me on this. We need to push this to eleven here. Here's what I'll tell you why later. You hired me for a reason. Go for two here. Well, why don't we just go up ten? Just trust me on this. We're right. we're gonna make it eleven.
0: Like when this first became a thing, <laughs> Pittsburgh was actually pretty forward thinking, and yeah. they try to go up eight nothing early in games if if they bothered to. I did it up-down. all the time. Yeah, right. So they try to go for There's a lot of pressure two.
2: that puts on you right away. You're like, damn,
0: it does. But yeah, you feel it. You feel the weight to that on the other on the other sideline, and so nine would feel that way. But if you're gonna push for eight, my point is, if you're gonna push for eight, which is a max one score. Why wouldn't you be all the more
2: inclined to to push push for for nine? nine, Nine's the magic number. Nine, yes, because it's a two-score game. It's just like the betting odds that we always look at. We're always like, okay, well that we got to get past key numbers when you're playing teasers. There are key numbers, and you don't tease past zero. But if you can get to, you know, seven and a half, you do it. Right. And I thought he did the right thing in the post-game
0: press conference. I read his comments, He says that's what we're going to do around here.
2: Yeah. Well then. Well then do it. Then do it. (laughs) If you're gonna do it, then do it big. It would have been pretty funny to have a reporter who was thinking along the same lines you were to go like, mm-hmm. And then they both just stare and nod. So nine and a half minutes to go, Eckler yeah. scores, and we're yeah. rolling out D hop. No, no, that's not what no. we do. <laughs> it's Jeff Cambridge, show ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's a shame the fine folks on War Chant TV don't get to hear the goodness that is the Billy Squire goodness around Christmas time, right? Have some fun uh, with that. We've got games to go over with our friend Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. We'll be grabbing him in just a minute to talk about said games. I'm looking forward to it. Very much so, actually. There's a game on right now. Hell, while we're sitting here doing a show. Here we go. Let me pull this up. Let's get a score. Shall we get a score? Uh, I think there's, yeah, we got, yeah, it's, we got a tie ball game. Middle Tennessee 14, Toledo 14. By the way, Middle Tennessee 6-6, six six, Toledo 7-5. Didn't put any action on the game. We got a good one. Of course we do, Tom, right when we come on the air. We got a 14-all game late in the first half. Really? Yeah, it's a good football game.
0: That there was somebody was heavily favored in that game because uh, mid- I remember for the uh, bowl confidence I knocked that out this morning in between uh, ah,
2: damn it, ah.
0: swigs of Robitussin.
2: I forgot about the bowl confidence pool. I didn't do it. Oh no, I'm not in it. I failed miserably. Game tonight. Hopefully you have put your confidence in on that one as well. You got Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina uh, tonight, and then for tomorrow as everybody is ready to sit back and take in the Bulls, hence the Bull Swag segment we'll be doing shortly. Uh, Game at 11 a.m., game at 2.15, game at 3.30, game at 5.45, game at 7.30. Tom,
0: there will also be another college football team playing tomorrow, and that would be the Cleveland Browns, (laughs) given all of the COVID-19 protocols.
2: (laughs) Well played. Let's bring him in. He's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Hello, good sir. How the heck are you?
1: Good. I uh, don't want to. Ch- I, was, I almost felt like texting you the other day. How are you doing?
2: Mm. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, everything's all right. It's a it's a wild and woolly time in the world of uh, college football recruiting these days. I am I mean, really.
1: Tell, tell me honestly. Yeah, they signed a top how, fifteen. How you doing when you, when that news came across? Well, I, I was I, shocked.
2: You? No, no, no. I was shocked. I think everybody was shocked. I would be lying if I said I wasn't like, oh my god, that's a that's a stunner. But they signed a top-15 class. They, they, I mean, that's after a 5-7 and seven season is pretty shocking also. So I, I can live with that. I'm not happy about aspects of the class, and I've talked about that at length. I mean, I do think they're going to have to make a change at receiver coach. You don't bring in any receivers. It's a position of need. So obviously there's some, there's some work to do. But on the whole... Uh, I don't. I'm not like recruit Nixley. Lee. I don't, you know, fall off the chair. And if we lose a 17 year old kid, even if he's going to be the second coming of of Dion himself, uh, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't. I want us to get as many good players as possible. Everybody does, but I'm really not going to lose sleep about what 16 and 17 year old kids do. Well,
1: so, do you think that? Let's go a little bit further. Do you think Dion um, has angles? Is, he's angling in for the for the Florida State job.
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think he would take a power five job, obviously.
1: Um, no, but, I know he would take a power five job, but I'm saying, do you think that that that's what his motive was?
2: Mm, I, a
1: kid that was going to Florida State. No,
2: I think his motive was probably to get the best player in the country to come play for him at Jackson State. I don't think it was like, oh, if I get this kid, Florida State will fire Mike Norvell and hire me. I don't. I don't think that. If he thinks that, that's nuts. I don't believe that to be true. Okay. Um, but okay. I do. Sure I do. I, I think. You know what I think, Lee. I think this opens the door because it was historic. It was um, perhaps the biggest flip in the history of, of college football recruiting. Mm-hmm. So all of that is true, but I think it signals something bigger a- about the ever-changing landscape. Like I think now, if you're a fan and you follow recruiting and you're all in, invested on that day, right, the early signing period and all that, I do believe now th- there are no certainties anymore. I mean, we're no, we're no. in the wild west. You don't know that you ever have anybody because if a if a school, any school, decides to prioritize a kid and they have the ability to create avenues for revenue in a way that perhaps your school doesn't and or, I don't know, I mean, even if, it, you know, it, you could be Kansas State and decide, you know what, I think we need to change the perception of who we are. I know this one kid isn't going to be the difference between us winning 10 games and 5, but if we get them. We now are open for business to bigger names in the recruiting oh, process. You know, I think that's reality.
1: I think you're going to see some years where, like at Kansas State, like when uh, Ole Miss was playing guys under the table, Well, a school is going to come out there every year. There will be one or two schools that will sign five, seven, eight, ten guys and want to make a name for themselves and put, put themselves on the map. Sure, yeah. And so that's, that's just inevitable what's going to happen. Look at Texas. They were nowhere. They signed four or five guys, and they're paying them. Basically paying them a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars to come to to Texas.
2: Yeah, they see this is what and this is the argument I had with people. Even if we don't know particulars about certain guys' deals or whether either he's an even is one. We do know in certain situations that the NIL is a very real thing. It's already been announced. Miami, for example, everybody got to go to the gym or whatever what that was last year. Um, there are deals in place, and, and the more lucrative those deals are, you'd be naive to think that uh, kids aren't paying attention to that. Wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah. If I were 18 years old and somebody beyond ETSU thought I could play football at a, at a better rate than I, and they wanted to pay me to do it, d- dude, I'm I'm listening, yeah. you know? Um so here we go. Uh yep. speaking of which Miami minus two and a half against Washington State. <laughs> <laughs> I, like,
1: I like that segue in there. <laughs> um I think Miami's in a real good spot here. I think the kids are gonna play hard, unlike some of the other times. The last couple of times they went to the Sun Bowl, I mean it was a disaster. Yeah. The last time in the snow, they're trying halfback option passes. I mean, it was bad. So think the kids realize it's going to get a lot tougher think that Tyler Van Dyke uh I just checked the weather no snow for the first time in three three times playing there that could be huge and then uh looking at Washington State you talk about opt-outs Miami has their receiver but they've got their best running back best offensive lineman best cornerback best safety all out uh either through opt-out or through an injury so uh I just think that, that Washington State, their bowl game was beating Washington. I like Miami, 38-28.
2: You know, it's interesting. This is the formula. What you just did is what all bettors are attempting to do, and that right. is sitting down going, who cares to be there and right. which of their players are deciding to play or not. That's all that is now. I right. mean, it's it's not about it's whatever motivation. the per- It's motivation. Yeah. Florida, are they motivated? I don't think so, but maybe maybe I'm wrong on this. They're given six-and-a-half. I would feel like UCF would be motivated here. Who, who do you that's think?
1: That's what I thought at first, but, you know, I'm looking at the UCF roster, and, and I've watching a lot. This this is not a good team. They no. just don't have much talent left. I mean, there's a couple decent receivers. This kid, this quarterback, I mean, he'd be like a walk-on at Florida. The weirdest thing is Emory Jones says, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit the transfer portal. I'm going in the portal, but I'm going to play this game. So <laughs> that's bizarre. Um, I think Dylan Gab- Gabriel's uh, – Decision to to leave and to go to UCLA tells you a lot about the program. Uh, the only guy I really fear from Florida is Isaiah Bowser. The kid is talented. Uh, so, running back, uh, Mikey Keene, the quarterback, just not good enough here. Both teams are horrible against the spread. Florida three and nine against the spread. UCF four and eight against the spread. Here, UCF's best win was against Memphis. I think Florida just has so much more talent. Thirty four twenty four.
2: I like it. I also said at the time that UCF made the hire that they did that this was going to end well at all. Um,
1: No, no, but but he also, in all fairness to him, there wasn't much talent, too, either.
2: Well, I agree, and he won't help the matters. Uh, Auburn minus three against Houston.
1: Another similar game. The two most similar games are the Florida-UCF game and this Auburn game against Houston. So there's like four key opt-outs for Auburn, I just think they're just at a different level here. Dana Holgerston also, for Houston, 1-7 against the spread in bowl games, doesn't seem to prepare his kids and, and get them up for the game. I think their game was the last game against Cincinnati. So Clayton Toon is, is turnover-prone. Give me Auburn, 27-20.
2: All right, now we get to the nitty-gritty. We yep. get to the big dogs. Alabama giving a robust 13 to Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati's corners. I like yep. Cincinnati's quarterback. I like that they can spread Alabama out, but can they block them?
1: That's the problem. (laughs) You identified the biggest (laughs) problem. So uh, they they played Notre Dame and dominated Notre Dame in that game, but I think Alabama's going to take a different approach to this game than they did against Georgia. I think they're going to run the football to set up the pass, whereas against Georgia they used the pass to set up the run. Their offensive line, I think, is just on a different level. I mean, they were able to hold their own – and even win a lot of battles against Georgia last week and Desmond Ritter did you see they have him in a bunch of places listed as a potential mock draft first rounder late to like New Orleans I saw yesterday wow i, I think it's a third or fourth round talent i think i think he's he needs a lot of work and once you fall behind to Alabama by double digits you're done and i think it's very likely they'll fall behind 10 to 14 points they can keep it close if it's tied at halftime who knows? They, they got a shot. But they fall behind by 10 points at any time I think it's over with those blitz packages coming at you. Bama, they pull away, 34-13.
2: George has given eight to Michigan. This seems like way too many points for me. I, I, I almost feel like they're looking in a mirror. You get average play at quarterback for both teams. Both want to run. Both play great defense. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see a lot of points in this game. Tell
1: me the story of the game, Lee. Didn't you? that's I, I, first thing, As soon as I saw the line, I'm like, I make. I sit there on Sunday nights and, and make, make lines. make lines. Yeah, I'm putting five on the game, five, five and a half. Right. When I saw like eight, I'm like, Are you kidding me? Now I think George is a little more talented, but the coaching staff stinks. On a scale of one to ten, five and a half, six. Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, well, I I marry that. Uh, the X's and O's with recruiting, and they're the best recruiters not named Alabama in the country. So I give them right, a little bit I'm more. Gonna, in yeah, game day coaching. In game day coaching, they they want to win a certain way. I agree with you. And they are antiquated in the way that they win, yes.
1: So Michigan, now I've never been a Jim Harbaugh fan since he got to Michigan, but i got to give him credit. Uh, after that Michigan State game they lost, I said, you know what? I think the better team did not win this game. They just happened Michigan State to play extremely well. Uh, and sometimes at home you get that kind of effort. So I think Michigan in the last month has improved more than any team in college football. I think they're playing at a high level. I think their coaching staff and their game plans the last two weeks against Ohio State and Iowa were right on point. I think the wrong team's favorite. I Michigan winning outright twenty seven twenty six.
2: What a devastating loss that would be if it were to happen for Georgia. Game of the week is Iowa State and Clemson. A weird game, I will say that. How can folks get it?
1: Just call the number. i got a real strong opinion on the game. 800-400-9741. 800-400-9741. Uh, hook you up with this game. Also, uh, double-down special. Double-down December. Last bowl season, from the first game, and it already started. There was one today. We didn't have anything on this game. We do have something on the later game. We went 27 of the last 36 games to the Super Bowl. Anyone wants to hop on board. Normally it's 297. Use coupon code SAVE200. This year only, just $97 from now through December 31st through the semifinal games. Uh, or if you want to get uh, through the uh, the uh, Super Bowl this year, which is in mid-February, we've got that extra week because the NFL season has 17 games for each team. So uh, just 197. Use coupon code SAVE300. So two ways to win. Save 200 on the Double Down December special or SAVE300 on the special through the Super Bowl. Love to have you aboard for the ride. This will be our last time. We hook up before uh, uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl. So, Jeff, I want to thank you again. What? How many years have we have been doing it now? 15, 16? <laughs> yeah, I think, I, maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe 20. Yeah, maybe 20. It's a how long time. How many years have you, have you been doing your show? 23. Okay, so maybe it's 20. Um, <laughs> more than most marriages. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> well, you, Hey, Lee, I love, I love the segment. Yeah. I love it every year. Thank yeah. you for your service as well. It's always fun, and we will talk again real soon. Happy holidays, brother. You too, buddy. Take right, care. be good. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Always fun. I bet, you know, I, I got to tell you, I saw uh, something today. He's got me thinking about the future, and then that got me thinking about mock drives. I know we get a break. I saw uh, Jermaine Johnson mocked in the first round. Going in the first round, I believe that late, yeah. late in the first, late in the first, and uh, it's interesting. There's a couple of um, a couple of guys that uh, even have the Bucks looking at Jermaine Johnson.
0: I don't know. We just got Jermaine Johnson and Joe Tryon, right? I think, same yeah. type player. Frankly, I think we got a better version. Uh, better Tr- version than Jermaine? No,
2: it, Tryon's better than Jermaine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a yeah. lot quicker off the ball. A lot quicker off the ball. Jermaine was awesome this year, and I love him, and I'll forever love him. Tryon. I think Jermaine
0: is more uh, IQ, higher up. Well, I, I, I think
2: what they're telling Tron to do is what he's doing. I don't think that he's out there trying to sniff out screens and, and, and set the edge. I, I think my man's told like a bat out of hell, and that's what he does. I mean, I, yeah, otherwise they would tell him, hey, man, let's, let's, let's uh, take a look at that outside shoulder every now and again. Jeff Cambridge 93 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So the games, if you're judging by... Well, first of all, thanks to Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, real quick, his picks. Miami over Washington State laying the 2.5. Florida over UCF laying the 6.5. Auburn over Houston laying 3. Alabama minus 13.5 against Cincinnati. I think he's supposed to say Alabama. Georgia minus 8 against Michigan. Oh, no, he took Michigan. He took Michigan there. Uh, He has Michigan winning the game. outright. outright. Yeah. Sounds like he took the points, though.
0: He didn't play the money line.
2: Gotta tell you that that's if Georgia loses to Michigan and and misses out on a rematch with Alabama or or misses out on the opportunity to win a national championship. Let's just put it that way, um, buddy. I don't care how many five star kids Kirby Smart brings in. Georgia fans are gonna have a problem with Kirby Smart. Yeah, they'll say he's
0: Mark Rick, too. You know, in on some, the precipice. In get some ways, to the, yeah. in
2: some ways, they're gonna say he's worse. He's got better players than Mark Richt Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a testament to how good a recruiter he is. So that's an aspect of the job that you'd say he's better than Mark Richt at. But, man, what are we doing out here? In a year in which you had a historically great defense, you don't even win an SEC championship? And then if they lose in the playoff, you don't even play for it? Uh, (laughs) What are we doing here, man? It's like... Nine dudes going to get drafted off that team God. in the first. I mean, what are we doing?
0: That's such a loaded evening, too, because it's New Year's Eve, and that's the second game of the double header. That's going to be an interesting period of time for a lot of people in this region who care a lot about Georgia. Oh, yeah. Because like, how do you celebrate the New Year after Michigan beats you? <laughs>
2: you know, if that's what oh, happens. Oh, you get blind drunk is how you're yeah. going to do it if you're a Georgia fan mm-hmm. because that's whoo if that happens.
0: Multiple magnums of champagne. Are you allowed I- to drink champagne for New Year's if Georgia loses? No, right?
2: You're not allowed <laughs> to drink. It. That's a celebratory beverage. If you're a Georgia fan and Georgia loses to Michigan in the first round of the playoffs, and you didn't bring home an didn't even bring home an SEC title with the best defense you're ever going to have,
0: you're swinging bullet bourbon. You drink wild whatever turkey. the hell you
2: want, and wow. a lot of it because that is a tough day at the
0: office. Straight out the bottle, wild turkey.
2: You know, to be because you know what's coming from all of your rivals and all those that want to poke and prod it will be the uh you had a cute year last year it was nice That was, was great regular season a lot of wins over pretty average to bad teams you dominated them
0: hey october was a great month
2: <laughs> but i took georgia you see at plus 800 to win a national title before the season began so i'm gonna need him buck up and bounce back from that performance which was not good just getting Thrown on all over the lot.
0: Yeah, the last thing uh, our pal Corey needs is text from you on New Year's Eve saying, oh, You
2: screwed me. I won't text him at all. I'll just be like, garbage-ass program. Never winning a damn thing. So you'll say that in a room I'll and say not that, text? Yeah, yeah. That well, you, well yeah. I'll say it to him the next day.
0: Send him a voice memo.
2: s <laughs> has the, s, the SP Plus projections for the closest games in the bowls. right? Are the Boca Raton Bowl... Western Kentucky App State December the 18th that game is Western Kentucky over App State by a point. I'm helping you out here man. Let's pay, everybody pay attention now. This is just uh we're all looking at evaluations here for wagers and for confidence points and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Did you have a take
2: on that? No, no, I'm just looking at the S P oh, okay. numbers okay. and then I'm going to go from there and say find out who's in and who's out. You know, opt-in and opt-out. The lines are already there. These so are, you're making us do work. All right. Oh, well, I mean, I can't do everything for you. You want my money to bet, too? You are the
0: college sports book, sir.
2: <laughs> BYU over UAB in the Independence Bowl, the Radiance Independence Bowl, uh, December the 18th, by less than a point. Of course, that's impossible, but you understand what I Of I'm course, saying. Yeah. yes. Uh, that's another one. Arnell Carriers New Orleans Bowl: Marshall over Louisiana by one point two. Uh, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl: San Diego State over UTSA in what is basically a pick'em. I like UTSA there. <laughs> do you motivated? Yeah. Oh
0: UTSA, I know. this is it's I novel know. to them. Teams
2: that really care about being in a bowl game tend to do well. I agree. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl: Memphis over Hawaii by less than a point. I'm taking Hawaii at home.
0: That's interesting because I believe the line on that game is Memphis
2: 6.5.
0: Mm. Mm, so we got disagreement here.
2: Yes, we do. The Military Bowl presented by Periton. Should say Peloton, but it didn't. I'm not reading that wrong. I believe that this is printed improperly. Or
0: it's just the next Northrop Grumman or you know Halliburton or whatever.
2: Uh, Boston College over East Carolina by 1.1. Ticketmaster Birmingham Bowl, Houston over Auburn. See, now he at least says, no, 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 don't do that.
0: Auburn's better without Bo Nix. That's what he's saying. Well,
2: oh, I say that every yeah, week. Yeah. For two years. Louisville over Air Force. Serve pro first responder bowl. Come on, Air Force. Rise up. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Wasabi. One of these days we're going to the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, damn it. I hope anyhow. SMU over Virginia.
0: I enjoyed that spinoff of the What's Up commercial with the Wasabi.
2: Mm -hmm. Wasabi. Cheez-It Bowl, Virginia Tech over Maryland by 2.2. I don't know about all that. Oklahoma over Oregon by 2.7. of The Valero Almo Bowl, Outback Bowl, Penn State over Arkansas. The Outback Bowl, one of my favorite every year. One of the announcers, if not both. Sweating profusely, drunk from the night before. Yeah, but they pushed the kickoff back. It's not in the morning <laughs> no, it's anymore. It's not at an 11 it, anymore. It anymore. might be at 11, <sighs> but it used to be 10.
0: It used to be early. Oh, though. man,
2: it was the best. You would just see your boy out there sweating buckets. And that was New Year's Day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So people, that <laughs> is just cruel. I know. Like, here's your Big Ten and AC, or SEC fan bases just absolutely living their nightmare. Walking into Hot-ass Tampa. Right, it's New Year's Day. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, 85 yeah. with an index of 88, 90% humidity. They're like, what have I done? What do we
2: do? Why did we go out again last night? It just smells like concrete it's, everywhere. It's awful. Concrete and vomit. Oh. Let's go. And a little bit of meth. Tampa's like, yeah, welcome on in. This is how we roll. <laughs> yeah. This is what we they're do. Like, These people, yeah.
0: it's, uh, it's like Drago and Rocky Forzi. <laughs> yeah. He's not human. Yeah. They're like, they're not human. I just saw them at
2: 4 a.m. last night doing shots. And they're fine. VRBO Citrus Bowl, Kentucky over Iowa by 2.4 and All-State Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss over Baylor by 2.8. Uh could be fun. Could be. Just just so a game. lot of close games in the S P. It says it's oh, going to be a chaotic bowl a season. A ton of and uh plus uh, close games. So, I mean, now you got to go on from there and say, all right, well what do, what else do we have? What else, you know, who's opted out? If the guys starting quarterbacks not going to play. Well, then we That's going to alter that uh, projection, but that's just based on who they were during the year.
0: So, like, Kenneth Walker opted out today for uh, Michigan State. Michigan State,
2: State, yeah. Well, I can't blame him.
0: Oh, agreed. Same thing with Pickett. Why would you?
2: No. We'll tell you this, though. This is how bad a start to the season it's been for Florida State in basketball. They play tomorrow. We haven't even mentioned it. (laughs) It's, It's one
0: fifty six, man. Don't make me laugh. I'm just going to hack along up in
2: here. <laughs> uh, UCF seven and two. And Sound like Stugatz. <laughs> UCF seven and two, one and zero oh in the AAC. Yeah, I don't like us in this one. <laughs>
0: oh, you're worried?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know we lead the all-time series, eleven and one. UCF has just been bent oh, over man. by oh, us. You, in yeah. Basketball. You're,
0: now you're asking for it. Now you're almost willing it into being.
2: Eleven I and when one. Michael Jordan's kid played here for UCF years That's right. ago. Yes, he did. Um, now we are seven and one at the TLC Double C in those games. One and zero oh in Tully Gym and a series which began back in November of 1980. The two programs met eight times in the 80s, then took a 22-year hiatus before resuming the series. Since then, FSU is three and one uh, against the Golden Knights with Leonard Hamilton. Could be really spotty. Hour two coming up.